You're listening to... What's the name of this show? Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling Source Radio. Brett screwed Brett. This is Hold one. Andre. I did it for The Rock. Bishop, you turn the camera off and I'll be naked when you come back. Yahtzee. You're welcome. Go ahead, one, two, three, count the Wrestling Souls Radio. My time has come to let The Undertaker rest in peace. Very special Wrestling Source Radio as we pay tribute to the Dead Man, Big Evil, The Phenom, The Undertaker, Survivor Series 2020. It marked the end of an extraordinary 30-plus career for Mark Calloway, the man behind the hat. But with all retirements and wrestling, nothing is always for certain. And joining me now to dissect this quote-unquote retirement, plus to reminisce on the legendary career of The Undertaker, Aussie Wrestling Journal. It is Adam Masters. Hello and welcome. Joel, thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Now, is The Undertaker, this is a very Australian uh, type of quote or uh, reference here, is The Undertaker going to be the John Farnham of wrestling? Look, I really hope not. As much as I love Farnham, and look, I saw him uh, at the Bushfire uh, tribute concert in January. Jeez, how long ago does that feel? And he still had it in him to uh, belt out a good tune. But look, at the end of the day, we all know when somebody's uh, definitely past the glory years. And uh, look, I think it is, uh, it's probably about time for The Undertaker to use the old cliche to, uh, to rest in peace. Because you were uh, off air, I uh, mentioned that you watched uh, Survivor Series this past Monday. Uh, I guess what was your initial thoughts? Yeah, look, I was really looking forward to this. I mean, I, I, nothing really piqued my interest from the, the, the card itself. But I, obviously, being a, a long-time fan, just like yourself, uh, we've grown up and, and seen a lot of The Undertaker in action over the years, over the decades, we should say. Um, I was very interested to see how this Undertaker farewell would play out. It was a long pay-per-view. By the time we got to the Undertaker segment at the end there, I was I was pretty fatigued, to be honest with you. Um, but the interest obviously peaks back up as soon as you hear the gong. I thought it was it was an interesting farewell, but it didn't quite hit the mark for what I was expecting, to be honest with you. Um, it was nice that they brought out, uh, you know, Taker's old crew, the BSK. Um, obviously, everyone was there. Uh, Sanj Yokozuna, RIP big man. Um, but, you know, uh, seeing some of these old faces, including the Godwins, I mean, geez, how long has it been since they've been on TV? It was interesting having everyone there, some real nostalgia factor, but for them to kind of disappear during the video package and then take it to come out in full character, you know, his usual kind of entrance, maybe with a little bit more pomp behind it, obviously, given the, uh, the event, it felt a bit disjointed. I was kind of hoping it would go the way of, of Nature Boy's farewell back on Raw all those years ago. I think it was, what, two, uh, 2000 and... 2008, I think, was Nature Boy's farewell. I was hoping that everyone would stay around and you'd kind of see him. I mean, let's be honest, kayfabe is 
by and large dead and with all the appearances take has been making in, in mainstream media in the last few months mm. um you know would it really hurt to see him slapping up with his mates and giving a few hugs and maybe getting a little bit teary probably not the, the, the speech was good in a way but it kind of dragged on the one thing i really didn't like to be honest with you was the piped in chant it felt tacky it felt a bit forced and I was sort of like, let the let Mark Calloway kind of speak for himself, you know what I mean? Let let his merits and his experience kind of carry you through that moment. I'm not sure we really needed the canned kind of chanting and reaction. It just, yeah, it didn't really sit completely right with me, to be honest. You still got it, like <laughs> something like that. Oh. that would have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, it, it sort of, it just felt completely forced. And I thought, let the fans who are at home kind of just soak it all in and absorb the moment by piping in that faked canned kind of reaction it just felt it like i said it feels tacky and um i don't know it didn't ruin it for me but it definitely didn't kind of hit the peak that i was sort of hoping it would reach that's for sure one thing that most wrestling fans did appreciate was the uh hologram of uh, his former manager percy pringle paul bearer holding the own mm. i think that was a nice little touch yeah, absolutely. Look, and I, I, I remember this uh, hologram stuff really started up with with Tupac being brought back to life um, a few years back, and I and I like it in the sense that it it, it for special moments wheel out absolutely, and I'm glad WWE hasn't really done this to a, a, an over-the-top extent. I thought that was a very nice touch. And just to hear that, oh, yes, one more time. I mean, I did get the, the goosebumps at home, to be honest with you. Um, and look, look, Percy, I mean, what a career in, in and of itself. So to have them be able to have a moment like that, using the power of technology in 2020, look, that, that got two thumbs up for me as well. I'm with the mainstream on that one. We referenced the Aussie reference in uh, John Farnham uh, being the comeback uh, king. I guess more on a wrestling uh, terminology, Terry Funk, he had about a million retirement matches and still uh, ca uh, casually gets out there. I think maybe not so much in 2020, but especially back in the mid to late 90s and early 2000s. Do you think this is, as like I said from the top, as wrestling retirements go, I mean, nothing is uh, for certain. And as they say in the wrestling biz, uh, never say never. Do you think this is it? Will we see The Undertaker in a match again or perhaps maybe more in a cinematic type of thing? In my opinion, I think he'll pop up, maybe do a choke slam or a uh, tombstone and at special like Raw reunions, for example. Or is this uh, all a quote unquote work? Yeah, look, honestly, I mean, it's interesting, the Terry Funk comparison. So I guess with Terry, the thing was that obviously he uh, he was a big territory guy. And I, I, I suppose when he kind of took a step back and had his 30th retirement match, he was then going and working the indies, you know, and going and working a lot of smaller promotions. I just don't see that happening in the case of The Undertaker. I mean, loyal for, for 30 years to WWE. You know, it's not likely we're going to go and see him on a, on a B or a C grade promotion. Um, main eventing a card to you know 400 people i just don't see that happening so look i think if take it does have any other further you know in-ring activity i i do see it being in a theatrical capacity i honestly and i was saying this to you before we uh before we came on the air um i was kind of hoping that perhaps the the take a farewell would set up some kind of theatrical interaction with bray wyatt as the fiend at next year's wrestlemania i really do see and some people think that the fiend is a bit overplayed and a bit you know cheesy in a way i really like the character um and i i would have liked to have seen kind of the undertaker hand over that supernatural phenom kind of larger than life sort of character to to bray and whether that was um, you know, some sort of wink or, or acknowledgement, you know, uh, during his farewell or indeed setting up for maybe a theatrical encounter at next year's WrestleMania. 
I don't know. I wouldn't have said no to that. And that would have been a nice way to kind of pass the torch. Maybe he could have got one of his druids out there and he could have physically taken the torch off him and handed it to the fiend. I don't know. Look, I could. I, I definitely think that there could be one more theatrical moment in there for The Undertaker. Possibly, yes, on that front. In terms of future appearances, raw reunions, you know, major milestones, Hall of Fames. I mean, he could maybe go and sit out in the crowd now for once in the Hall of Fame. That would be a nice touch. I definitely don't think we've seen the end of of Mark Calloway, uh, The Undertaker in WWE. And look, I, I definitely welcome his presence at future events. In the same way we roll out Steve Austin for major anniversaries, I could definitely see Taker making those appearances. And uh, and why not, let's be honest. Looking back, 30-plus uh, career, obviously before Mark Calloway was The Undertaker, he was Mark Callis. Uh, obviously, Territory Days had been at WCW before uh, debuting back in 1990, I believe, at the Survivor Series, being the mystery partner for the Million Dollar Corporation, managed mm-hmm. then by Brother Love, a.k.a. Bruce Pritchard. But I guess looking back at this uh, body of work, what's uh, the moments or what's uh, one particular match or something that stands out for you, a top moment for The Undertaker? Top moment. Look, I, oh, look, I, I'm an old school wrestling fan. You know what I mean. So I really appreciate the '80s and the '90s. Uh, you know, I love the Attitude Era. But I'm going to say, in terms of like an iconic moment for the Undertaker, I have to go more modern. You know what I mean? It, it, you probably know where I'm heading with this. I'm talking WrestleMania against Shawn Michaels, the first one in Texas. I think that was 25. Correct. I mean, what a match. What a match that was. I mean, you're talking about two guys who obviously have a tremendous history. We're talking, you know, in your house, Hell in a Cell. Those two really carried the WWF when they were down against WCW. And to be able to see them, they were past the prime years, you know, come WrestleMania 25, but to still put on such a high-quality match when you have so many young talents on the roster and they're still able to pull it out. You've got the imagery of of the darkness, The Undertaker rising up from the de- the depths of hell. You had Shawn Michaels uh, coming down off the, off the platform with the big white kind of background. You know, it was very much a, a heaven versus hell kind of uh, imagery going on there have those two put on such a clinic um, especially at their age at that time I think it's just testament to Undertaker's longevity that for me uh, stands as one of the uh, iconic moments of course you know Mick Foley probably wouldn't like to keep talking about it but you go back to Hell in a Cell mm. um, Taker and Mick Foley uh, what, an, what, a, what a moment in wrestling that was I mean that was really a turning point I felt in, in WWF's war against WCW one thing that I think, and, and, and Taker doesn't really like to talk about it too much, but I was a big fan of his Ministry of Darkness work. I mean, yes, it did stink of Vince Russo era creative. Um, wow. You know, yeah, look, you know, it was it was pretty cheesy at times, but I just I really enjoyed the whole idea of taking talents and and kind of bringing them into his cult. I mean, you know, re- the recruitment of of Midian and Bradshaw and Farouk and Viscera. I mean, they took. He was taking guys that at that point were sort of floundering a little bit. They weren't really doing too many great things. Um, and, and, and then sort of bringing them into into his fold and, and bringing life into those characters. I mean, I just thought it was a way of really showing off how the, the power of The Undertaker and that character could rub off on others and really take them up to the next level. And I don't know whether you would have had, you know, an APA um, without, you know, Farouk and Bradshaw being the acolytes first in the ministry. Um, I just thought it was really creative, very edgy for its time. And I remember being 
absolutely scared of The Undertaker at that time. I mean, that was, I was a mark in the sense of every word, uh, in every sense of that word, you know, I just, it, it, it captivated me. And I, I, I like to think about that time a fair bit because WWE doesn't really like to spend too much time talking about it. You're abducting Stephanie McMahon and trying to, you know, force her into a wedding and everything like that. It was dark stuff, but um, certainly uh, very interesting. So I, I put that up there with some of my fondest memories of Taken too. Now, the ultimate question really is, dead man or American badass? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Look, not a lot of people, um, not a lot of people tend to speak fondly of Limp Biscuit these days. But at the time, I was I was a big fan of the American badass. I, I quite liked rolling and I thought it was appropriate for the time. I, I think at the end of the day, I was always a Ministry of Darkness Undertaker fan. I think I, I preferred the, the darker dead man gimmick I, I i look fondly on the american badass but i think i'll always be a, a sort of a 98 99 kind of undertaker fan to be honest with so my peak fandom as a kid was definitely you have to say that 99 to 2001 era and that's when he was basically full tilt american badass he originally came out to i think kids rock american badass and then changed mm-hmm. over to roland then i think it he basically got his own uh, tune which would have been produced by the likes of Jim Johnston but now I'm gonna go with American Badass uh, only because that's when I was a kid and at my peak but obviously very much appreciate the dead man uh, persona yeah absolutely and I, and I don't think enough credit goes to the big evil gimmick as well from about 01 to 03 I mean a lot of people talk about Chris Jericho and his ability to kind of change with the times and take his character into into new areas but I think around this time you know, Undertaker was really having to dabble because, I mean, the reality was you were dealing with um, talents that were a lot more edgy. They were more aligned with their real-life personalities. You had your Steve Austins, your Rocks, your Triple H's, really making a good run for it. And and Taker kind of navigating his his way towards the, the big hog-loving, you know, U.S proud kind of American badass was was a smart move to then take that into Big Evil and I thought one of his best runs was when he was kind of going up against the the likes of RVD for the hardcore title at the end of 01 and then obviously uh, kind of dealing with Hogan I mean 2002 saw some really interesting matchups right when the WCW and ECW talent had been fully absorbed into the WWE roster to see the likes of like Jeff Hardy going up against Big Evil Undertaker was pretty impressive as well so you know Taker managed to move with the times um, and I think that's a credit to him as well. Adam Masters, Australian Wrestling Journal. Thank you very much for taking the time uh, to talk about the dead man and we'll find it in due course if uh, The Undertaker does turn into an Aussie John Farnham or uh, Terry Funk, perhaps. Absolutely. Let's keep our eyes peeled and I no doubt we'll uh, we'll reconvene and uh, analyse that if it does happen. It's a pleasure as ever. Attention!